Why do so many people miss out on accumulating their fortune? I'll explain next on Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio with New York Times best-selling author and your host, Doug Andrews. This is Doug Andrews speaking to you, our incredible national audience, from our three-dimensional wealth studios nestled at the base of the majestic Rocky Mountains. This show is about empowering you, people and organizations, that want to optimize their assets, minimize taxes, and empower their authentic wealth. Well, folks, uh, if you've listened to me very much on this show, I'm very passionate about giving you insights into opportunities that maybe you did not know existed before. And years ago, I published an article in the newspaper, and I uh, titled it, uh, The 31 Flavors of Missed Fortune. Now, if you're not aware, my very first book that I self-published, and uh, it got the attention of Time Warner, Warner Business Books, and so uh, they bought the rights to that and commissioned me to write a, a more simpler version because the original Misfortune was 550 pages. It was the War and Peace version. It should have been four books. And so then I wrote Misfortune 101, and we went through a half a million of, uh, of that book. But uh, see, I called it missed fortune because of the fortunes people miss out on when they simply don't know what they don't know. And so uh, I made a list of different ways that people miss out on accumulating their fortune, uh, oftentimes because they're following the herd, so to speak, uh, following traditional advice, and they don't realize that even the mainstream media is part of the herd. And so at the end of the day, they miss out on a lot of money they could have otherwise accumulated for long-term goals such as retirement. Now, I probably shared with you that I'm old. I'm 70, okay? And when I speak to audiences, I, I will look and say, you know what? You may notice that I wear an Apple watch today, but my first watch was a sundial. My first pet was a dinosaur. And then I usually will tell them, yeah, I remember when Baskin Robbins only had one flavor of ice cream. And, uh, and when Burger King was just a prince. Okay? That's how old I am. So, um, you know that Baskin Robbins became famous because they had 31 flavors of ice cream at any given time if you went into their ice cream shop. So, I decided to create um, a list of 31 different flavors. Now, flavor is actually an acronym that I came up with a long time ago. It stands for Fortunes Lost Amid Valid Optimization and Reallocation Strategies. Did you get that? Okay, so there are fortunes that are lost uh, amid all of these valid uh, asset optimization uh, and uh, asset reallocation strategies that most people uh, don't learn about. So I'm going to talk about uh, these 31 and give you a brief taste of these flavors of ice cream, okay, uh, in the first three segments. And then I'm going to connect the dots in the last segment of today's show. And then I'll uh, tell you how you can learn more if any of this is resonating with you. So the first category where people miss out on fortunes is under the um, uh, subtitle of retirement planning. And uh, I actually have six under that. 
The first uh, mistake that people make is uh, they use short-term investments for long-range goals. In other words, I, I can't believe how many people uh, have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, banks and credit unions earning a measly 1%, 2 or 3% uh, interest rate. Uh, they're rowing upstream at 1 or 2 or 3 miles an hour when the current of inflation is coming down at 10 or 15. They're going backwards, okay? So they're using short-term investments like banks and credit unions for long-range goals like retirement. The second uh, mistake under retirement planning is so many people put their money in what I call crawl investments. Crawl meaning, let's say we were going to run a a race and we're going to call it the million dollar dash. Okay. The objective is to cross the finish line uh, with a million bucks so that we have a net of a million dollars after all taxes and fees. That's your money to buy gas, groceries, prescriptions, and golf green fees. Okay. Well, uh, there's actually uh, five different ways that people run around the track. The worst way is the most common way, and it's crawling around the racetrack, and that's putting your money uh, into tax-deserved investments. Why? Because uh, you uh, are paying tax on the interest or dividends every year on your tax return, so you're investing after-tax dollars, and then every year, the, the bank or the credit union or the mutual fund sends you the interest or dividend statements on the stocks or whatever, and you pay tax tax every year as you go. And uh, then at the end of the day, when you die, it's taxed and any capital gains are taxed as you go. That's the worst way to save and and the most common way to save. Let me illustrate it this way. Do you know a a dollar doubled 20 times? It doubles to two, to four, to eight, to 16, to 32. A dollar doubling 20 times will be worth a million forty-eight thousand dollars but not if it's tax discerned. If a dollar doubles to $2 and, and you pay tax as you go in a 25% bracket, you only have a buck 75 left after it goes from one to $2. A buck 75 doubles to 350, you pay tax on that. Guess what you'll have at the end of 20 periods? Only 72,000 instead of a million. Uh, in a 33% bracket, you'll only have 27,000. And that's the way most Americans save. They're, they're crawling around that racetrack. Does that make sense? Putting money in CDs and money markets and what have you. Now, the next uh, mistake is putting money in what I call walk investments. They're walking around the racetrack, and that's taking after-tax money and putting it into maybe a tax-deferred account like an annuity. And uh, then when you go to take out the money, you have to pay tax, and it's tax LIFO. That means last in, first out. If I had a half a million bucks that I put into an annuity, and if it was earning 10%, let's say, which most aren't, uh, you could theoretically pull out 50 grand a year. Well, that's all interest. That's all taxable. Uh, even though you say, well, I put in after-tax dollars because the, 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 the last money you're earning, the interest is the first money coming out. That's called LIFO tax treatment. And so uh, that's like walking around the racetrack, and a lot of people choose that way. Now, uh, the fourth mistake is thinking that IRAs and 401ks are the best way to save for retirement. And people follow the herd and say, oh, I'm able to put in pre-tax dollars. I get to fund it with pre-tax dollars like a 401k, or if it's an IRA, I get to deduct what I put into it. So you get a tax break on the front end, on the contributions. It accumulates tax deferred. And then what did they tell you? Oh, yeah, that's the smartest way to go because you're likely going to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. Well, folks, I've been a retirement planning specialist now for uh, nearly five decades. Savers, those people who save money, 
generally speaking, are not in lower tax brackets when they retire, okay? Uh, in fact, they're in as higher, higher tax brackets as ever. Why? Because they usually were killing their deductions along the way. They, they pay off their house. They don't have those deductions anymore. Uh, you're not contributing money to IRAs or 401ks during retirement. You don't have those deductions anymore. Your kids are gone, or if they move back in as adults, you can't deduct them anymore as dependents. Uh, if you're a business owner, you don't have those deductions anymore if you sold your business. And because of irresponsible government spending and the printing of money, uh, most people agree that taxes in the future will likely be higher because uh, the government's spending three times what they bring in. So that doesn't make sense to postpone, defer, procrastinate paying tax to some future perceived unknown advantage when you have a, a big nest egg now at higher tax rates. And so that's a rude awakening. So uh, that's like jogging around that racetrack with the wind at the back at the beginning of the race because you're getting a tax break on at the front end, but on the back end, now, now you have to pay tax. Now, the next way is uh, by postponing qualified plan distributions like IRAs or 401ks until age 72 and then taking RMDs is uh, the smartest way to go. No, it isn't. Uh, you're delaying the inevitable. Yeah, that's very myopic. I go crazy when I hear people say, well, my, my bookkeeper, my accountant told me when I ask him, how much, how can I save tax this year? And they said, well, um, don't take out anything or uh, wait until you're 72 and just take out the RMD, the required minimum distribution. If you do that all the way through your life expectancy, your spouse's life expectancy, and then you calculate the tax your, your kids are going to pay when they inherit it because they have to get it out within 10 years, you'll be flabbergasted at the amount of tax you will pay. Uh, you're compounding the tax. Uh, you're only saving maybe tax in one given year, but when you add it all up, it'd be far better to get the taxes over and done with sooner than later and reposition that money into something that's going to be tax-free from now on. And so uh, that's uh, the, the fifth big mistake under retirement planning. What's the sixth one? Well, uh, frankly, it's uh, so many people in retirement, uh, they uh, aren't using some of their greatest assets. There's a lot of people uh, that I've met in California, for example, that are real estate rich and cash poor. Uh, they might have a five-bedroom home they're running out for 10 grand a month, and it's worth 4.8 million bucks. And I go, that's pathetic. And they go, Why? Well, 10 grand a month uh, times 12 months is 120,000 a year divided into uh, a piece of property worth 4.8 million. That's only a pathetic 2.5% rate of return. That's ridiculous. Uh, you could sell that and get, you know, uh, 13 properties in Orlando or Memphis, and uh, the, you'll, you'll be able to rent it out for 1% of, of the value a month, uh, 3,000 a month on a $300,000 bedroom home. And they go, oh. So they're not, they're not understanding asset optimization. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. The 31 Flavors of Missed Fortune. Welcome back. This is Doug Andrew, Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. If you're just joining us in the uh, prior segment, I was talking about uh, the 31 flavors of missed fortune, people uh, that miss out on fortunes in their lifetime because they simply don't know what they don't know because you can't be aware of something you're not aware of. And I was explaining <clears throat> that flavors is an acronym that I came up with years ago that stands for fortunes lost amid valid optimization and reallocation strategies. So that's flavors. 
And I was going through uh, six uh, big uh, mistakes people make with regard to retirement planning. So let me move into another common category. There's a lot of Americans that um, own real estate. And of course, their dream is maybe to have uh, ownership of their own home, which is great. And uh, so I've taught this uh, for years that many times people don't realize if your goal, let's say, is to own a home and get out of debt and uh, you think that the fastest way to get out of debt is some form of sending extra principal payments uh, to the mortgage company, okay? And I don't care if you do it in uh, bi-weekly payment plans. If you don't know what that is, that's where uh, some people charge you as much as a thousand bucks for software uh, that will tell you which credit card you should pay off first, uh, the 18% interest one or the 12% interest one. I mean, this is not rocket science, but yeah, there's software out there that shows you how to get out of debt by paying off a uh, the more expensive debt first, and then you reallocate that money, or that you uh, are paid uh, bi-weekly. Well, if you're paid bi-weekly, uh, you're getting uh, 26 paychecks a year, and uh, so if you send in half of your mortgage payment uh, with each paycheck, then you would magically make one full extra mortgage payment a year because uh, 26 half payments is 13 full payments, and that's an extra uh, mortgage payment. And they go, look how magic this is. Well, hello, you, you send in an extra uh, mortgage payment a year, and you will have your 30-year mortgage paid off in maybe, you know, 22 years. Uh, that's not rocket science, but, you know, people do it that way, or they take out a 15-year mortgage instead of a 30-year mortgage because they just want to bite the bullet, and they go, you know what? We'll, we'll uh, get rid of uh, this mortgage payment in 15 years, and then we'll have a whole bunch of money freed up. Well, I created a software program to show people, I don't care what method you're using. You send extra principal to the mortgage company, uh, an extra thousand bucks this month. And every time you do that, by the way, you're actually saying to the mortgage banker, here's an extra thousand dollars. Don't pay me any interest on that. If I want it back, I'll borrow it back on your terms and prove there's a need why I should have it. Now, you really don't say that, but actually that's what you're communicating, okay? But whatever form you send extra principal payments against your mortgages, uh, you are doing it uh, bi-weekly or a 15-year mortgage. But if you just simply take the differential, that extra money, and you put it over into a compounding account tax-free, and sometimes people say, what's that? Well, that's my favorite financial vehicle. It's called the Laser Fund. It uh, compounds your money tax-free, usually at rates of return that I've averaged of uh, 11%, netting 10% after all costs. Uh, but let's just say uh, I'm earning 9%, okay? Because I've been earning 9.62% uh, since 1980 on these max-funded IULs. Uh, an IUL is an index universal life insurance contract. It, it, if it's max-funded uh, and it's done properly, it is deemed a laser fund. Laser is an acronym that I've used for years. This stands for liquid assets safely earning returns. The point is, you take that money you would be tempted to, to pay to the mortgage uh, company, and you put it over in into, let's say, a laser fund, compounding, tax-free at 9%. Uh, why would you do that instead of sending it to the mortgage company? Well, because in my opinion, you'd be firing an employee, so to speak. I'm a business owner. I get it. Uh, let's say that on a million-dollar mortgage, you're borrowing money at 4.5% uh, tax-deductible interest, if you do it right. 
Uh, so uh, on a million dollar mortgage, that's $45,000 a year at 4.5% interest, but it's tax deductible. In a 33% bracket, you actually save uh, one third of that 45000 of unnecessary tax because of that uh, write-off. And so you save 15000 The net cost of a 4.5% tax deductible mortgage is only 3%. Does that make sense? Assuming a 33% tax bracket. If you borrow at 6% tax deductible interest, your net cost is 4 percent, not six, uh, 60,000 a year, but you're only really shelling out 40,000 because you're getting 20,000 back if you're in a 33% tax bracket. And so uh, let's go back to the four and a half net of three. If I pay four and a half percent on my mortgages, and uh, that's really a net cost of three on every million dollars, I'm paying 30,000 a year. If I hurry and pay that off, you think, well, I'm saving, I'm saving that 30,000. Well, to me, that's not bad. Uh, I'm paying 30000 just like banks pay interest because I understand how money works. I pay 30000 and what am I making by, by not uh, sending that money to the mortgage? I'm making 9%. I'm making 90000 on a million. How much more is 90 than 30? Don't say 60. It's, it's 300% more. It's three times. Why would I fire an employee that's costing me thirty grand when that employee is making me ninety grand? Okay, uh, a three hundred percent return. Why would you uh, buy a widget machine for thirty thousand if it made you an extra ninety thousand? You would, but why would you not buy a widget machine that made you three times what they cost you? So the point is this: when you have money compounding, especially tax-free, uh, you'll have enough money there in that laser fund to totally pay off a thirty-year mortgage in twelve and a half years. With the same money you're going to take to pay off a 15-year mortgage, and it's going to take you two and a half years longer to pay off your mortgage. Does that make any sense? Why would you do that? But also, I don't want my money tied up. If you give it to the mortgage company and you get disabled or sick or, or laid off, there's only one way to get it back, and that's to borrow it back to refinance your house or your duplex or your rental home. And you, and when you need it, the worst is the hardest to get. They're not going to loan you money. I don't care how much equity you pay. I, I knew somebody that paid 100000 from a windfall against their mortgage, and they lost their job the next day, and uh, <clears throat> they got foreclosed on in 90 days. The, the, you, you can't tell the mortgage company, oh, I'm probably five or 10 years ahead. No, the next mortgage payment is due every time you send them extra money. You lack liquidity. Uh, the house can go down in value. Okay. And so that's why I keep my money separated and I have enough money to get out of debt to pay off the mortgage much faster than giving it to the mortgage company. So this whole second area is sometimes people lose out or miss out on fortunes because they don't keep their real estate equity liquid safe earning a rate of return greater than the cost, especially on their rental properties. They send extra principal payments against their mortgage. That's the second mistake. They pay larger uh, down payments, cash down payments when acquiring real estate rather than just satisfying a down payment for the same reason. Savvy investors, smart investors, uh, they pay the least amount down. In fact, I've never paid a down payment out of my pocket for any piece of real estate. I've satisfied down payments, but uh, I, I finance 80% loan to value on a first mortgage and then the other 20%. Uh, I, I pay for that at, at maybe a net cost of three because I'm making nine. Uh, why would I do that? Why would I give up 300% rates of return? 
If my goal is to get out of debt, you think by paying as much in a big cash down payment uh, is cheaper. No, it is. And it's costing you actually more money than it's, than it's saving you money when you understand how money works. Okay. And so savvy real estate investors, they, when they do 1031 exchanges, uh, they don't take the money from their former property and put it into a huge down payment of the new one. The IRS doesn't require you to do that. They require you to buy a, a, a property of equal or, or greater value. They didn't say you had to take any equity from the former property and put it in the new one. And so I always kept it separated and I ended up having way more money liquid and safe in case uh, we had a recession and we had a bunch of vacancies. I have the money. But if you give it to the mortgage company, you don't have any liquidity. Does that make sense? And so, so many times, other mistakes on real estate, people are afraid to pay capital gains tax. Oh, I don't want to pay the capital gains tax. When they do it and they put the, the net uh, into IUL uh, policies, they're flabbergasted. Uh, they actually make more money than uh, keeping the rental properties and taking out the trash and fixing toilets and evicting tenants. And they go, golly, why did I hang on to that so long? Oh, I didn't want to pay a capital gain tax. Just get it over and done with. So they perform 1031 exchanges the wrong way, or, or uh, men, many times people just rent for too long instead of buying a home. So uh, there, there are actually six different ways people miss out on fortunes because they don't understand how money works with real estate. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio.